Michael L. Craver presents Corey Taylor just rolling us right in. That is a acoustic version of where he's the lead singer of Stolen Sour, song number three. Uh, Corey Taylor, also the lead singer of Slipknot. He does uh, single performances. Some great sets, if you'll go on YouTube, C-O-R-E-Y-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Just Corey Taylor. Uh, and it, over the years, I guess he's not only played those songs with the bands, but he's done them in his individual performances, some of them in a more uh, intimate setting. And boy, have I enjoyed going through that catalog recently. Some of the B-sides, the acoustics, the alternate versions um, have been wonderful things to discover. Little hidden treasures I already had in my collection had not gotten around to uh, listening to them. So... Very happy to find that. Hope you guys have been doing well. It is a beautiful Thursday morning. We're at a much different place in the world, aren't we? It's the first 10 days of February, and we're already at almost 70 degrees. But hey, I know this guy. He's been talking about consumption for a little while. I've been talking about how many things people live in excess with, and it's, it's making our world a... A little bit warmer, we'll put it that way. But um, I, I've been asked recently, you know, what am I doing with a lot of my time? And I, It's been a little bit between episodes, but I always like to go away, have some adventures, come back, and when I'm available, I'll record a podcast, tell some stories. And i got to tell you, like, I've had the, the, kind of the, the perfect um, Saturday. It was last week where I got up at 4.30 in the morning. I, I had some hot chocolate. I sat down, did just a... Enough writing to get the day started and get the mental marbles, a little shooting going on there, right? So 10 or 11 hours of work, but as soon as I'm getting out, my mother's, you know, texting me, and she's on the other side of surgery. She's in a, a good spot now. She's getting her body back underneath her, and uh, she wanted to have a meal. So we went and had a meal, middle of the afternoon, and... uh I said, all right, well, I'll I'll take a shower, I'll eat with Mom, then I'll go to sleep, because, man, I get an early start like that, you work a, an honest day, a hard day. Well, I left dinner with Mom, and I made a turn the opposite direction of my home and went straight to my father's shop, where he was uh, doing a puzzle and had a wood stove full of fire rolling. I do not remember. He had Jack Reacher? Yeah, Tom Cruise. Jack Reacher was on the TV, and uh, he's just enjoying 
himself. He retired in December, so uh, he's always got projects going. There's stuff all over his workbench. He's <laughs> he had a bunch of lead. He was melting down, making into fishing weights. He's got uh, several different woodworking projects. On top of these, I, I think the one he's doing right now is either eighteen or twenty-eight thousand pieces. Ravensburger is um, my favorite because it's the one we get him. But they make some very big and some very beautiful puzzles, and you have to work them on very big spaces. It's bigger than a, a four by eight sheet of sheetrock or plywood or paneling, whatever you got in your home. That's it's a four by eight reference. It's bigger than a an individual bed, like a twin bed, and. Um, it's a couple of those, actually. Each each piece of the puzzle, each half or quarter of the puzzle, depending on how big it is, is the size of a bed. So if you got a double bed or, or a queen bed, that's it's a puzzle's bigger than that. Um, he had fun with me. We went through uh, a couple of different family artifacts and things that were in the shop, told some stories. And because I work locally, I run into a lot of people they went to school with me, went to church with me. We've done sports things together, professional relationship otherwise. And uh, one of the guys on my crew, I'll, I'll point to somebody and say, I've known that guy for 30 years. And he's like, yeah, right. <laughs> I said, watch this. And I walk up. Hey, man, how you doing? We shake hands. He's like, damn, he knows everybody. <laughs> um Listen, if you can't hear me smiling and having a good time, I don't know what to tell you. Like that was that is me, right? That's my Saturday and being a single guy, whatever, is it, it enables me to have family time. You know, my son's birthday was the weekend before that, so J Man turned um, ten. He had a big time with his cousins, and we uh, I think we had Papa John's and Dewey's Bakery locally. Did uh, some cupcakes and we had some other sweets and things. So everybody, you kind of, it's modern times. Instead of saying we're having this and this and eat it if you want and if you don't like it, then you, you know, no, nah, we don't we do not do it like that anymore. Uh, it's very catered to people's needs. Uh, so there'll be some sweets of some shape, form, or fashion like the individual cupcakes and then we might have you know, an ice cream cake and some other goodies a different way. So the different tastes and textures and all that kind of stuff. That's how I've been spending my life, my time. I'm at work a lot. I'm at work a hell of a lot, but I enjoy myself and a lot of projects. And it's just a different kind of um, higher level of proficiency that I'm operating with now. At least I feel that way, right? I wake up, I have... It's not a routine, let's be very clear. Like, there's some days I get up and I have some hot chocolate or a glass of Dr. Pepper and taking a leave because I know it's going to be a rough day and run off. Other days I get up real early, don't do anything. Today, I'm off work. Got up the same early, early, early time. And I've done a little research and um, I was upgrading... uh, to a California King. So I was looking at um, some different options there and some other things around the house. I'm going to redo part of the back deck. I've got to do a little bit of research. I'm not just going to wing it when it comes to the garden this year. You want to plan your garden out in a way that um, 
your plants are going to be able to absorb sunshine in an effective way. So you don't want to put taller plants in front of smaller plants and deny them sunlight, all that kind of fun stuff. So uh, I've also I've talked to some interesting people uh, professionally and personally, and they've you know, some of them very frustrating and some of them very engaging or stimulating. And I appreciate who people are as, as individuals, but there are some some wild and very chaotic ways of looking at the world from talking to folks. Oh, no, no, this is just as valid as that. It's not. I promise you, driving on the shoulder of the road is not just as valid as driving in the paved, marked lanes of the road. Don't be silly. But folks are really odd like that in some way, shape, or form. And I appreciate when people want to go like outside the box. It's a great way to, to make progress. It's a great way to be objective, look at it from a different angle, to get out of the box and turn around and look back. That's fine. Get out of the bubble. See what it's like on the outside. I welcome those kind of uh, perceptions from people. However, um, a lot of the conversations that I have revolve around, hey, You've kind of got your act together. What's a guy like you, like what am I looking for kind of thing? And I said, well, I just sit down and think about it a little bit and do a an episode. And uh, maybe I'll be able to work this out for myself. I have an idea what I'm looking for, but I've never given a lengthy description. And because this is uh, was is my platform. I will uh, attempt to make this uh, thorough. It's important to me. Well, I'll tell you, I'll go backwards here and say that here is um, 2004. I'm sitting down with my children's mother. And we are talking to um, Preacher Dan, who's going to marry us. He says to us, you don't marry someone for who they're going to be. You marry them for who they are right in front of you. That's an important statement that I've carried around, I've not used. And it's so odd, right? Um, it's It's... Right in front of you, it's always been there, but you're not using it. Kind of thing that, you know, your parents told you, and then you went out and did everything the hard way, and then you found out what your parents told you was probably the best way to begin with. Okay. Along those lines, I have found that I have dated and and had companionship, partnership, uh, often from people who I feel like they, yeah, they do. I guess in some ways they need me or rely on me. And it makes uh, my position uh, let's say secure, right? Someone um, who doesn't want to be alone might want to be with somebody, but somebody who, um, appreciates the things that you bring to the table, whether it's peace, whether it's fixing things, uh, 
handyman, you're a, a great lover, you're a great listener, you're a great friend to just let them vent, take a car ride, you know, you're, you're going to have a drink with them, whatever it might be. You're just available sometimes is the thing. Well, I tend to stack the layers in that situation, right? So you you may enjoy my company, but here, let me um, let me pitch in. We'll work together. We'll cut it 50-50. We'll make things faster. Well, hell, I'm working faster than you are. We'll make it 70-30. I'll do all the work. Hell, my credit's better than yours. We'll put such and such in my name. Your credit card debt is what? Here, let me pay that down for you. Let me pay your credit card down. Let me pay like $9,000 on your credit cards and get them down for you so that you can get your credit score up faster, right? Because you have to dig yourself out of that hole. So I'll pay that for you. And then you can, um, you know, pay me back whenever your credit's better, right? We'll get you out of the hole. So you get you back to the surface so you can breathe and swim and survive and get some oxygen. And now that you uh, are able to have uh, some leg room, you can really get running. You're going to go out there. You're going to chase those dollars. You're going to make those dollars. And you can pay me back, right? Because, you know, when you're doing all this other stuff to pay off interest, I mean, that's just crazy. Just pay me back with no interest. should be easier. You're paying me less than you're paying them. It's good math. It's Your heart could be said to be in a good place. But there's a second way I also look at that. That um, when you do that, you take the like the the weight off of somebody, the, the the kind of learning lesson, the pride, the level of achievement that is really coming out of that for them is diminished because here's the guy who he passed the test on his own. He studied all night. He had no tutor. He had no advantages. He um, was without the extra resources, right? So is he the guy who dropped out of high school and now he's a CEO, right? Is he a guy who is going to have a better sense of pride or is his story any more interesting to you than the guy whose family comes from a good place and he got into school and scholarships and he had a lot of breathing room his whole life, right? Is it the guy who survived and then thrived, or is it the guy who was he was pretty comfortable and then he thrived? Does that matter to you? Do you think it matters in the long run to the kind of person they're going to ultimately be? Like, is that going to change their sense of uh, entitlement? Uh, will it change their confidence level? If somebody else did... I mean, they might have done the the hardest part. They they dug them out of that grave and brought them back up to the surface and said, here, live again. The Bush Guide, cold and smooth survival skills. Three things are required in the great outdoors. Food, drink, and shelter. Hello, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. With just dollars a day, you can help helpless animals find shelter. Wrong shelter, Sarah. Also, that's a wolf. Head for the mountains. I mean, I didn't put them into these situations, right? So, and all these are true stories. So, it does 
in a different way, kind of leave me wondering, hey, should you have just let so-and-so figure this out for themselves? Because they would have had to have made sacrifices that they don't have to make now. And so it, the food doesn't taste quite as good as it should, and they won't learn quite as much as they could have. Because in those situations, they're not forced to do that. They don't have to do uh, the most difficult things. It's just as much privilege as someone who started that way from the beginning. They were able to make it, in, in a way, it's even worse. Because they were able to make mistakes that got them into a very difficult situation. You were at good credit, and then you lost your way. You, you spent too much money. Something went wrong. However you got $10,000 in debt, you don't have to get yourself back out of it with interest and under pressure the same as someone else might. Because Michael comes along. He cares for you, loves you, and he injects some capital, some finances, some money into your situation. He takes the pressure off, and now you can breathe again. You can really, like, have a a boost. And in sports, that's called performance-enhancing drugs, right? That's PED. That's doping if you're, you know, follow Lance Armstrong. The reason he's got one testicle is because he was doping and gave himself cancer, right? These are the things that, you know, in other situations, you would say, oh, that's it's not fair the way that uh, this guy on the city council and the Senate and the House of Representatives, maybe just in your state legislature, it's not fair how he's voting. Somebody else has boosted their position with money, and now they're influenced by that. Well, is the person that I'm giving dollars to influenced? I, I certainly think that it's difficult to ignore because now they're tied to me. I've alleviated their pressure. I've made it okay. I've done something wonderful for them. Now, I give money to several different causes in the world. I wouldn't give it away if I didn't... Um, have the ability to do it without getting it back, right? Now, I've heard plenty of promises. Hey, don't worry. I'll get you, man. I'll send some money back your way, you know, in a month or a year, whatever it is. That's fine. It's fine. There's oftentimes you think, well, somebody took something. Mm, the old adage, they need it more than I do. Well, in my position, I gave it away. Now, my question to myself is, and this is not me trying to like, you know, swell myself up, sound great on a podcast. And my question to myself is, did I do something foolish that I uh, should have handled differently? And I've often thought about that. Why bail them out? Well, you're would your parents let you sit in jail or would they bail you out or they and there's the question it's all the same scenario some of it's with money some of it's with bars between you some of it's with debt between you but it's got to do with either financial or you know judicial or whatever freedom and if i give you 
the money to go to college and I give you the advantage and you don't, you know, have to have some long-winded debate about the cost of college and all this other craziness. What I'm saying is if someone else does something for you, it's become a group project. They're your either public or silent partner, for lack of a better analogy. And I often wonder whether that kind of stupidity, is it generosity, whatever that maneuver is by me, has that led to problems that I've had in past relationships? I think the answer is yes, for a variety of reasons. One, that individual is not as strong and doesn't have to work as hard as they otherwise would, right? They're not going to accomplish as much. They're not going to um, develop the kind of tolerance, the kind of temperament, the kind of, you know, that rigid kind of pride that comes from digging yourself out of these remarkably um, improbable situations. There's the other side of it for me. I feel like it creates this, hey, I gave you all the opportunity in the world, and God bless somebody for doing it for somebody. Now, as as we say at work, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to run out there and thrive and pay me back and be bigger and better and bolder and stronger, right? Because you're able to spend and get yourself into debt and get yourself into trouble. Now, can you take that mischievous adventure that you have inside of your spirit, right, and take it from the negative $9,000 to positive $9,000. Wouldn't that be amazing? And some people would say, well, that's really hard to do. And that's, no, 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 they've got the potential. They took a sledgehammer and they smashed up something that was brand new. Yeah. Couldn't they take that same energy and build something that would last? Well, yeah, they could. Yeah. No shit. And it's one of those things where I feel like my level of um, confidence, respect, all of those things go right out the window if you can't see changes, if you can't see the forecast a little different, and so forth. That's part of what's going on in the world. You know, you got all these all this nonsensical crap that goes on, and people are trying to this is equal and this is valid and this is fair and somebody needs this and this and this and all these accommodations to try to make it right. But it all costs money and that's why inflation is what it is. That's why the the weather is hotter than it should be. Nobody's got discipline, sacrifice. They don't accept things for the way they are. They don't work hard as an individual. Expect us all to jump in. Somebody lend me a hand. rough when you are um, competitive like I am to look at other people and say, oh, 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 somebody's propping them up. They're not doing the work. And you could say, well, I mean, somebody, no, we're not all equal. It's not all going to be the same. We're not all going to have the same income, same hours, the same opportunities. That's the chances of life. I had named this episode in my head, um, Dating Me is Like, you know, 
and I'm trying in the beginning stages of, of talking about this to say, if you're in one of these situations, on one side or the other, that you've been fortunate enough to be with somebody who, you know, made things a little more comfortable, took off the pressure, reflect on that. Not that you, I mean, in a, in a way, you may owe them something. I mean, they didn't, they did, you know, invest in you. Uh, the problem that I run into having a conversation like that is that people always try to take it to some odd place, as if they should, as if what's going to happen is a conversation where they compromise an other, otherwise unreasonable topics or morality. Well, does that mean I got to sleep with somebody? No, you fucking idiot. It's got to do with you being able to show them. If you don't pay them back, show them that you injected everything that they had into your debt, leveled it out, improved your credit score, you took the opportunity, and you chased, and you made something out of it. They're not buying you. They could have just gave you $9,000 to fool around and then you would pay off the debt. You don't go the long way around it That's and then go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to pay MasterCard. I'm going to pay Visa. I'm going to pay whoever. And uh, now we'll negotiate uh, the buyback plan. <laughs> it's nothing like that. It's never been like that. Not for me. And I don't know why anybody else would treat it any other different way. You wouldn't pay the people directly and then let the person run off scot-free. Then they'd have to agree to whatever's going on. If you're going to have some chicanery, some debaucherous sexual agreements or whatever, you just pay the person directly for whatever your situation would be. And then they have to pay off the debt. And they're reckless, so maybe they'll just run up more debt. But that never crossed my mind like that until I'm having a conversation and somebody came up with this alternate just what I call statistically insignificant way of looking at things. And they'll say, no, no, there's people like this in the world. There's 300 and what, 40, 50 million people in the U.S. So 1% being like 3 million people. Well, I I mean, there's a lot of people that get into car accidents, right? They die from car accidents by 58,000 a year. Give or take, it flows, but that's it. It's not even a hundredth of a percentage that die in car accidents every year. That's it. It's in your mind. It doesn't happen any more often than that. These ridiculous things that people have in their head that are, you know, what they consider to be rational fears are irrational. They're not valid fears because they're not factually or statistically significant. They are outlying and tremendously, like overwhelmingly odds against possibilities, but less likely than the lottery. What? Yeah. That's how it is. So when I speak to people about things like this and go, how do you feel about these situations? What would you do in that situation? Somebody gave you the opportunity, wiped out your student debt, et cetera, et cetera. Does it, do you, is that the first thing you think of when Biden says we're going to wipe out some student debt? You're like, oh, my God, what favors am we going to have to do for Uncle Joe? He's going to sniff my ears. No, he's not. Nobody's going to do nothing to you. They're going to wipe it out, and you're going to do whatever you're going to do. If you don't make any changes, you're still going to be in debt because you're just going to find other ways 
to blow that money. And that is the problem that I ran into with my previous relationships. I had people that I dated who were great people in some ways and some ways not. Always looking for ways to spend their money and be, you know. Some people are going to chase it like that. Well, you can't get buried with it. What You actually can get buried with it. They just would throw it in your coffin and bury you with it. That's kind of silly. You can't take it with you. I don't even, I don't quite know what that means. If you were getting cremated, you could certainly fill your coffin up with the money and burn it all up with you. There's ways for this to work out. I'm not the guy to make these analogies to. I'll find a very level-headed way to explain why those are real possibilities. You can take it with you. You could spend all of your fucking money on the way out at the hospital and run up your debt so that your estate goes broke. Hey, wait a minute. That's that's a real thing. It is a real thing. You could do a lot of crazy shit so that you're broke when it's over. Well, that's not the metaphor. You can't take it to heaven with you or whatever. Listen, if you bury it in the ground with a person, it will rot the same as the person will rot. This whole spiritual journey, where does your soul hit a portal and go somewhere, is not what reality is for physical possessions or your physical body. This other ideological nonsense is ridiculous. It is. Why can't I believe you can take it with you if you... Well, I don't know. Interesting, right? Some people got buried with their treasures, like King Tutankhamun, right? They go dig up, raid the pyramids. Uh, wait a minute, those guys took it with them. They did. To the afterlife, and then mummified, and have all these chambers and rooms, and took it with them. Some of them had their wives buried with them, alive. These are not the things that keep me single. A lot of people like to listen to me or talk to me or say this and that about blue eyes or me being strong. I've dropped 40 pounds almost regularly fluctuating right there around 40, 35, 40 since I went from stay-at-home and remote managing um, back into the physical field. And, yeah, I'm getting ready to put a garden in. I'm getting ready to do part of the back deck. I've got that bed coming. Uh, Where's my list? Here, we'll go right. This is the current list that's on my uh, table. I need to get a magnetic tray for some of my screws for some household projects coming up. Me and Dad are going to cut down some trees. we got to split those, relocate those, probably with a tractor. We're not. I'm not quite sure how we're transporting them yet. A um, couple of tools here that I'm going to add to the um, closet downstairs so that I have them uh, for the summertime. Uh, new chairs, probably build a fire pit. And then I need to plant some tomato plants and some other things now so that I can be uh, ready to put those into the ground outside at the uh, optimum time to transition them from inside to outside and get a more uh, prominent yield to get more tomatoes out of them over the season rather than planting them and getting them started late. Um, a lot of things going on, just, you know, stuff like that. All of that will get wiped out in the next five days, six days, and then there'll be another list. A lot of people look at that and they go, that's a lot for a month. It is For some people it is, for some people it ain't. But here is a couple of the things I run into when I've tried to be a person who um, had considered dating. Not just the, the bailout stuff, but well, I'll start there, right? 
ideally, you know, reflecting upon it, the thing that at my point in life where I've got some land and a few dollars in the bank and retirement and career and so forth, what I would like is someone who's independent enough that they choose to be with someone else, but they're completely self-sustainable. Whether you have kids, dogs, whatever your lifestyle is, you can do it and plan for the future. And I mean financially plan for the future, right? You got your taxes paid, you're breaking even at least, and you're maybe putting some stuff away for retirement for um, projects after you're retired, such as um, whether you, you know, like, oh, I want to buy a beach house. Well, what are you saving to be able to buy a beach house? Think about that. Because those things are important to someone like me. I'm looking at, you know, if you have these goals, what are you doing about them? Um, something that I look for is this. It, it, my, as I call them, green flags, but my preferences for the things that I would like to see in someone is a bold sense of adventure. Like you'd, you'd like to be able to do things. It takes resources to do them. It takes time, travel, money, energy, um, and that can be that you you want to just get out and you got to you know something a state or ten states away or go to another country or whatever. That's fine. Uh, it could be that you want to learn how to do something and say, oh, you know what, you ought to learn how to do. You ought to learn how to massage somebody so that you can have if you, you like having long conversations with somebody. Okay. Well, if you're gonna be a couple, heat your oil up. Learn how to massage your person the way they like. I mean, there's a lot of people who have physical ailments, so you can't just look at somebody like a tackling dummy or some kind of massage, you know, prototype and go, oh, this is what works on everybody. This is the human body. Mm, a lot of people have this and that and spinal things and sore spots, injuries. You learn your person. And then, and yeah, all of these are things that I've, got in my um, wheelhouse, in my arsenal. They're personal experiences. These are not hypothetical things. I know what I bring to the table. Yes, my hands can write some really wonderful things. They can use tools. They can do magic to someone's muscles. They can do some pretty spiritually um, significant things. However... If I don't find someone to be respectful, to be ambitious, to be reasonable, it immediately just turns me off to the situation because I don't feel like you have a sustainable future. I don't feel like you're making decisions that mm, are for the greater good of either yourself, us, the community you live in. There's a lot of just... Um, unreasonable folks out there. They're doing their own thing. They're enjoying themselves. But if you're drinking all your money away, you know, well, I got money. And you got time. Is that the best? I'm not saying the best thing you could be doing with your time, like you need to be flying out to Nashville and donating to St. Jude's and volunteering all the time. Be yourself and do whatever you enjoy doing. But... That will determine how compatible your activities are with another person. And mine, you know, I like spending time outdoors and in the gardens and in the car. And I work a very early schedule for the most part. 
And so having, you know, the afternoons free and a couple at least a couple of days a week free, it's um it's a lot of breathing room to do a lot of things. And I could be recording a podcast extremely regularly. There's a lot of stories. I just don't talk about work. And there's a lot of, you know, when people have tried to talk to me about dating and stuff like that, I could be telling stories, but I pretty much keep most things to myself. Now, I've told some stories in the past. Once they, I, I kind of look at it like a statue of limitations. Once they're old enough, then I'll then I'll share share them. But what I've run into in terms of not being able to be compatible with someone is a lot of. You can call it intolerance if you want to, but if I look at what you're saying and you go, you know what, every you're a school teacher, right? I am. Okay. And everybody's feelings are valid. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, Timmy over there is taking a math test in your class, and he believes 3 plus 3 equals 8. Are his feelings valid? What grade are you going to give him on the test? Well, because... Valid means facts. It means cognate. It means the truth. His feelings are not valid, right? Well, feelings and validity are the wrong fucking words for this. It's logic and it's math. It's order of operations. And these are the laws that we abide by when it comes to mathematics. 3 plus 3 is 6. It's not 8. You got it wrong. Now, he could argue that he feels that it's such and such, but feeling and knowing are two different things. I may have felt that someone was going to improve and be an amazing partner, no matter how much money I put into it and time and so forth and so on. Maybe I knew mm, there was a real ceiling on the best that I could hope for. I could feel that I could beat the odds, but I'm going to tell you, the math, <laughs> the math that's involved in that means you're not going to beat the odds. You know, you have someone who's, you know, been abusive and reckless with money and gambling and they're cheating and chicanery and they're they're really draining the resources out of your relationship. Do you think they're going to hit this uh, newfound wisdom where they can take all of those things and spin them from the negative 9,000 to the positive 9,000? Could happen, right? Statistically improbable, but it could happen. And in order for you to stay, I would hope, anyway, that you have a feeling about it. But if I asked you, not what you feel, but what do you know is going to happen, are those two different answers? Because if you don't feel it and know it, that's a rough spot to be in. And I think I've I've described what I think I would like, you know, in a partner or something, in a very uh, your mission statement, this very idealistic kind of way. Hey, you know what would be uh, my ideal partner? I would have someone who is. Um, Completely independent and sustainable, right? So they can do whatever on their own. However, they they have the time 
they have the chemistry with somebody and they choose to um, make the the best of the situation where you can be the best individual you can be, I can be the best individual I can be, and the quality time that we have together is just as good as any other project we have going on in our lives. If you're developing something for your family, your kids, your community, your passion, your business, and that is your, you know, rewarding, that's your photosynthesis. That's how you recharge and you just grow and just feel like a better person. If you're not getting that from the person that you're with, hmm, what's the better use of your time? Is it to settle for companionship and drop the quality? Or is it to try to find a, a happy medium, right? So you're going to lose some, you're going to win some. You could say that. You could be single and do it all yourself. Here's the problem for the human species in the different outcomes there, the different scenarios there. If you always choose yourself and you don't get with anybody and you don't procreate and you know we've now reached a point where there's less women having children, that's the majority. Most people don't have children by age 30. So the population has hit a, which is good for me, not because it, uh, I got, you know, I got my pick of the lot. There's so many ladies out there for me to get my hands on. No, it's because when it's like that, um, it's, it's reaching a peak and we're reaching a different kind of tone in our community, in our society, in the relationship between men and women. Women are becoming more ambitious and more, you know, accomplished and everything. And if they find it harder to be impressed by a guy. So a guy like me comes along and you're like, oh my God, I must I must sample the goods. Well, I understand if you want to talk to me and look at, you know, what I'm doing, but I also feel a lot of the same ways you feel. If I'm better off doing those things on my own and it's going to drop my quality of life, that's where we are. And progress has taken precedent. It's taken the majority and the priority over family. So you choose these things, but you don't have a family. So you're not going to have offspring, and you're not going to have anybody to share it with. And in the long run, you're probably going to be lonely as you get older. And anybody who's telling you to have children, well, the older you get, the more probable it is that you, one, can't conceive, and two, will have children that have disabilities, allergies, all kinds of handicaps. That's just what happens as your body breaks down. When you eat older fruit that's soured, it's not quite the fruit it used to be. That's true with anything, with a house, with whatever. As it breaks down over the course of time to reproduce, well, let me ask you, would you reproduce animals? Would you breed animals with the, the best, youngest, strongest? Uh, or, or would you find one that's pretty decent and then one that's still got a pulse and hope that that combination gives you an amazing offspring? It's not going to happen. We both know that, right? Nobody's talking about that in a lot of the circles that I'm in. I'm just sharing so that it's prominent and it's out there. Yes, it's, it's, it's hard to have kids when you're younger because then you're younger and you can't save money and you can't advance your career. But when you do that, you get to spend more time with your kids over the course of your life. And your career may develop at a slower pace. 
but you will have advanced things as a family, and that is the rewarding piece of it that money can't buy. And that's never going to fucking translate to a lot of people because they're not willing to take that chance. They don't dedicate themselves. They don't sacrifice. They're not going to a partner. They'd rather think, oh, my business is where it's at. Because they've never had the chemistry, the trust, the security, the confidence to be with a person who can make them feel that way. So instead, they do it with brick and mortar and keyboards and dollars. It's silly. It's a silly trade-off. The interaction, the, the chemical interaction, the dopamine and everything that comes from being with an amazing partner is something that can never be matched on any kind of scale professionally. You can argue it, but you're wrong. The First Amendment's a beautiful thing, and it entitles you to your wrong opinion. But one of the problems that I have out of that situation is I feel like I'm spending great quality time myself with coworkers, with uh, members of my family, children, mom, dad. And so I'm getting a lot of rewarding and reinforcing kind of situations all the time. I'm not lacking for companionship, reinforcement, gratitude, any of that stuff. That's the gamble in trying to date somebody. You run up against, hey, these people aren't going to be as good to me as, as what, your family and the people you have to be around 8 and 10 hours a day? Well, you got to develop that, and I understand that. The problem that I run into is I'm not in a... Uh, yeah, I'm probably not... Patience a pretty blanket word, right? That's one of those umbrella words. I'm not the most patient guy when it comes to that stuff. I want you to be available or spontaneous or otherwise if I was going to date you, right? And so when you go, well, you know, I got a kid. I got two kids. I got I got every weekend off a month or every other weekend off a month. Oh, so you're available anywhere from four to eight days out of 30. So relationship is hard work. What are you planning on doing those four or eight days that you're off? From the kids. Because that's when you got to maintain all of your other obligations that don't involve the kids and me. Maybe you need more time. And I know the answer to some of those is going to be, well, once you're in a different boat, you can do things with the kids and, you know, it's all a family unit. I, and I understand that transitional um, elevation that you go through once you can find that confidence in your relationship. To introduce everybody to everybody, and now we're going to see how where we can really take this thing. I get it. But there's another part of that uh, with a lot of folks who are working multiple jobs and this and that and the other. And I've just flat out said those people are just not compatible with me. And here is the very complex part of that. Here's where the, the first 20 minutes of this podcast comes back into play. Michael's going to date. Emily. And Emily is working two jobs. She's or she's going to school and working a job, something of, of that nature. Now, let's play out some different possibilities here. She's available a certain number of hours because she's working and she's got school. So a lot of patients involved. And Michael's got projects, right? He's doing the, the farming, he's doing the family, he's doing work, he's got you know, writing and podcast, whatever. Okay. 
So it seems like they're both going to be occupied a lot of the time, and then they make the best of the quality time together. Great. Now, here's the funky part of how Michael's mind operates, how my mind operates. John? Bree, any idea why we are in a fridge? Well, I'm Bree. Yeah, I'm John. I know, but you're John who? John Ham. So we're Bree and? Bree and Ham. Ham and Bree, I get it. And Hellman's. We're dinner. Well, with Hellman's, all these leftovers can be anything. Is that Pete Davidson? Uh-huh. He really is everywhere. I'm gonna eat you guys. You guys are really delicious. That's, that's weird. Hellman's brings leftovers to life. I look at Emily and say, here's your situation. We feel a certain way about each other. What about cutting down the budget um, or the amount of time, I'm sorry, uh, both that you have tied up and you have your own personal finances and school and this and that and I have this, and especially if, if she's renting because I own my place, right? So... My suggestion to her, my my thought is going to be, well, you should just move in. We should cohabit. We should cut the expenses down. We should free up a lot more of the travel time to see each other, maintaining two houses, all these extra bills where you have power and I have power and you pay rent and I pay a mortgage, etc., and we'll combine them together. Now, a lot of people do this, right? And it complicates the fuck out of the future because it's real hard once you cut the budget down and have all that breathing room. A lot of people spend that money. They don't sit on that money, that the extra money. And that's where the complicated part of it comes in because now we get together when we spend that money. We get a dog. We do some other things. We travel, whatever it is. And... That money's gone, and when we don't work out, when she gets upset and she wants to, you know, move out, stay in another place, et cetera, et cetera, she didn't sit on the extra money that she's not now spending. A lot of times she gave up her second job or something else because now you don't have to do that to work together. And now the other person is in this complex debate with themselves about whether they want to work another job or three jobs, something of that nature, and be miserable or be quite frankly, single and tied down to, to work? Or do you try to make it work with the person in front of you because life is easier financially uh, and otherwise, right? You don't have to find and break in somebody new or go out and date or take chances or be in bad situations. So it's this hostage negotiation with how much do you make? Could you get away? Meeting somebody new? Or, I mean, really, if this would just work out, I mean, this is a good head start. And it is. And that's what I felt was wrong, or at least a, a terrible decision on my pro, uh, part whenever I had paid things off for people or done generous things. Because now I feel like I'm, I didn't think about it that thoroughly when I was doing it. It was from a very good place. I'm just doing something for them. They'll pay me back. We'll figure it out. There was never this, you know, alternate side of things where I said, well, hell, they're going to stay with me in situations they don't want to stay with me for 
because they're under pressure, and they're not going to talk about this with me because you can't share that with the person you're with. It puts this very ugly stain on the situation. Oh, you're only staying with me because it's cheaper on the budget, and I'm familiar to you, even though you're beginning to get bitter and hate me and all of that. And it's complex to try to sort through those things and get the best version of each other if you're not an independent person and they're not an independent person. It's very uh, difficult on the trust and everything else in those situations because when the other person can leave anytime they want, you know they choose to be with you. However, here's another dimension to that. Someone who's serious will not continue to remind you or not continue to bring up leaving. They'll never give you that, oh, well, I guess it's over then. I guess I'll just go, whatever, whatever. You'll never hear that as a regular option that's on the table. Hey, what are we going to do about this situation? And they go, well, I'll just leave. The relationship's just over. Because um, it's an old saying. I think someone was talking about playing poker. But it was, you know, <laughs> I was thinking of fighting. Don't get in fights with ugly people. They got nothing to lose. Um, you don't play cards with somebody. You don't trust a guy. You can't trust a guy who's got nothing to lose. I can't remember what movie that is. But um, it's one of those things. It's um, difficult if you're the person who's... Um, more accomplished, uh, more resourceful. That's a good way of saying it in the situation. You have the home, you have the dollars, you have the know-how. You're not going to be starving. It's real hard to trust the other person um, and to have a pure situation if, number one, they bring up leaving or it's on the table. Number two, if they're not independent and they're not making the moves and the... the um, Decisions that are going to lead them to be able to be a person who is completely sustainable with or without you. And I know the economy, you argue all this crazy nonsense and say, well, it's real hard for anybody to live on their own and rent is this much and XYZ. But once you cohabit with somebody, not only is it harder to get a place, but the prices are going up, inflation is going up. And it's more difficult on the decisions of your life. What are you going to do to come up with that money? Are you going to work a second job or are you going to work on the relationship? Would you rather be miserable trying to you know, work 40 hours at one job and 20 hours at another job? Or are you just going to fight with the other person and you have a place to sleep and you don't have to struggle with your checkbook as much? And that's the, the thing that I think a lot of people don't think about. So when people have asked me what I'm looking for, the dating me looks like this. It is to have someone who is completely independent, sustainable. They have goals. They have hobbies. And you don't need each other, but you want each other. It's great to have someone who is um, who is reasonable and objective. You don't have to be like-minded. We don't have to share a large percentage of the same ideas. 
But I do look for someone who I could respect their opinion because what they choose to do, they explain, and it makes sense either in their situation or in general. This this wild notion where people are like, yeah, I'm a hippie and I'm holistic medicine and I'm just going to own my land and live off the land and milk cows and that's going to be my life is ridiculous and they're living 150 years too late. And a lot of those same people are the ones who want to advocate for like equality in this comfortable world where nobody struggles, yet they want to you know, model their home life as if it's from an oppressive time. It doesn't make any fucking sense. If you're going to live in the modern world where everybody, and, and have the ideas that you're going to boost everybody up and keep everybody kind of above water and breathing and financially viable, then you got to participate. you got to pay your taxes. you got to make as much money as you can so that it boosts other people up. you got to, you know, harbor foster children and volunteer at the school system and all the things that you pretend that you want in theory, but you don't act them out. And that's part of the problem that I have in, in um, my past is, you know, I would say, um, you know, are we going to do anything this year for vacation? Yeah, 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 we're going to go to Las Vegas. Okay, we'll go to Vegas. That'll cost three, four, five thousand dollars if you do it, you know, and, and have a bunch of different, you know, on the high end, right? I like to estimate on the high end. If we come out lower, that's great. Okay. And then we haven't quite got Vegas planned. And let's say she comes up with another city New York, Boston, Philadelphia, whatever. Hey, um, we could go there in the fall. Now, is, is Are both things possible? Yes, they're both possible. But it does eat up your savings, and then you're always working for the trip rather than being able to enjoy your life on a weekly basis. Now you're putting in an extra 10 hours a week, overtime, all the time, because it's got to go to those things, rather than working your 40 hours, 42 hours, 45 hours, and then spending the downtime on your projects and a date night and household kind of adventures. Whether it's with the dog, the kids, you just want to do crazy, passionate things, whatever that is. You've turned up the volume and you're running the engine a little hotter than it needs to run for longer than it needs to run. And over the course of time, it does burn out the engine faster. If you're harder on your vehicle, how much more do you have to maintain it? Hey, that's true. Uh, right? It's, it's like that for everything in your life. When you put it under that much more pressure and you obligate it to this many more things, then it's hard to get the pressure off of it. But you can see, and in those discussions, it comes up very easily. Like, you can see where... This is where all the money goes. This is where people get into debt. This is where people are unreasonable with themselves and their budget. Well, there must be some way to do it. Yeah, there are improbable ways to do it. Like you could work a tremendous amount of time and have a tremendous amount of stress in your life. You might win the lottery. You might shack up with somebody or make some other arrangement with a partner, a companion, a sugar daddy, sugar mama, whatever, and they'll do it for you. Well, what? 
you're asking to do is to go colonize Mars like Elon Musk in your own way. And it's like, hey, I want to have two or three very expensive outings every year. Okay, what do your finances look like? Well, well, there must be some way to do it even with these finances. No, there's not. Not and save money and put it in retirement and cover your taxes and live this kind of reasonable life where if an emergency happens, you're not going, oh, oh my God, there's a flat tire on my car. What am I going to do? You're going to spend a hundred less dollars going to Boston or going to somewhere else. You're going to cut out the other vacation. Then you could pay for a new engine in your car every year, or you could take a trip and never get the money back. And there's some people who are going to give you that nonsense like, oh, no, 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 those memories and this and that. Well, then you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You don't. People who are real artists and authors and otherwise don't have to go write on paper from the Middle Ages and spend expensive amounts of money to travel the world uh, recreationally in order to enjoy their time. They can do it right in their mind, in their imagination, with reasonable materials and otherwise. Yes, if you live somewhere like Kansas, it's kind of hard to see the beach. You might want to travel somewhere that's a little more exciting. However, if you already live on the coast and the mountains are two hours this way and the coast is three hours, because I live in the middle of North Carolina, and the beach is three and a half hours this way and up and down the coast are different kinds of beaches and lighthouses and cruises and what? Yeah, there's museums and there's all kinds of aquariums. What? That's right. And you can pass through Raleigh where you can watch the Rangers play this Saturday night, February the 8th is yesterday. So February the 11th, uh, I said it was three days from yesterday. Um, the Rangers are playing in Raleigh, right? And you can spend a few to hundred dollars and go get tickets and eat some sushi at Cowfish and just enjoy the hell out of yourself. But you could argue with me that you need to travel somewhere else on a plane in order to say have those same quality memories. And I would say, mm, you must not be very, number one, creative. Number two, witty. Or number three, um, confident. There are some things you can only see in certain places. I understand you want to see some German castle. You should save up and go to Europe. Do it in your lifetime, a couple of times, whatever. That's not unreasonable. It's not wild. It's not crazy. Not at all. But what I am saying is, if your budget is X number of dollars, then you should have a percentage of money that is reasonable to spend going out and doing things. And it's one of the reasons that I find myself less and less compatible with certain people. They just don't set their life up with a sustainable structure. Whether it's diet, exercise, professionally, their income to debt ratio, whatever that might be. And I'm not super analytical. I could care less about a lot of things. I'm going to let you make your own mistakes. That's fine. The problem that I have in maintaining a relationship is if you make your mistakes and then you don't fix them, if you create problems and you don't solve them, that to me is a major, major cancer. And it kills a relationship. Because... If your goal in having a partner, and you're wanting to date me, if your goal in having a partner is to have somebody who respects you, who can prop you up, you know, a man would do this for his woman in this equal world that we live in where you can work and you can do everything you want. 
fuck you. I could do a lot of things for a lot of people, and I do. But what I'm what I prefer and look for in a partner, because my feelings are valid and I can choose what I want, I can have my own preferences, is I'm looking for somebody who's going to stimulate me. And I'm extremely accomplished. Maybe I'm looking for somebody who brings a lot to the table. You may not be a person who makes a tremendous amount of money, but if you live a pretty reasonable existence, you have your passion projects or whatever else, I'm going to be thoroughly impressed by the quality of life and the energy that you have. That's where it breaks even. It, it comes out better than even for me. Folks who make a lot of money and they're always on the go and they always have a lot of stress and they're always going to the next thing. <laughs> That's just a waste of opportunity. You're not getting the most out of each individual opportunity. And that's a shame. That's living in excess. Other folks don't. So, I mean, I could probably write this up into some, you know, word processing, Microsoft Word, whatever, program and put, yes, I want an independent person who makes reasonable decisions, who has a quality of life that is X, Y, Z. They're establishing goals for the future. They could independently be anything that they want to be. And yet they take the time and choose to pursue a partner that is of equal quality to any project that they could have. In fact, could be uh, an amazing experience beyond anything they could do by themselves. I think that's a, a wonderful way to say it. However, a lot of people don't understand that. They want somebody who can just, you know, be available or hook up or... They just... I don't know what they look for, to be honest. It's, it's so rare... I mean, when you're looking for people like that, they're everywhere. They're spending X number of dollars on tickets to something. They're blowing their income and shotgunning beers, and they're doing all this stuff that people think is, I don't know, fun or uh, takes the edge off, takes the stress off. But to me, that's those important performance-enhancing situations where you're looking at... Um, People who need those things to take away the pressures that they've created. They spend a lot of money to take away those pressures, to go get drunk, to go to listen to music, to go to do things somewhere else and escape their home life because they don't have a constant piece of life at home. And it's a shame, but that's the reality of it. They, they don't... Um, have the ability to just balance themselves out. It's very popular to see people who are going and looking at better help and these constantly advertising therapy places because they don't feel like they have a circle of friends, family, otherwise that they can trust with decisions. And I know a lot of people are going to want a psychologist for abusive or very special situations. But they're doing with psychology and psychologists and therapists now what they were doing with Zoloft and Xanax and everything else before because they're looking for some way to balance out the depression and lack of structure that they have 
to be able to maintain quality of life, a peaceful mindset, things of that nature. I have all of those things. And that's the part of the problem that I have in changing my status from single to dating to, to being, you know, um, in a relationship with someone is that I'm very well balanced when it comes to when I wake up in the morning, the not only sense of confidence I have to make decisions, but the quality of the results that come out the other side. And when I run up against, you know, dating someone who is perhaps going to throw off the quality of my results, not just my quality of life, but, you know, they're going to be a bad gamble and you're going to introduce them to your family or you're going to spend your time on them and they're going to be a hassle. And the risk versus reward is terrible. Well, (laughs) I got to say... I don't feel good about my my decision-making process. It makes me respect myself less and less when I get into those situations because I could be doing something better with my time. I already have better things that I could be doing with my time or higher quality things I could be doing with my time, more rewarding things, things that have an impact on family or my community or otherwise. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who've tried to match up with me on a dating app or something else who would tell you, oh, I'm I'm missing out on something. Do you feel like you could keep up with me in a conversation? Do you feel like you're funnier than I am, smarter than I am? Do you feel like in any situation that we would out-compete each other? Because I'm looking for somebody who would push me to be a better person than I already am. But I, I I really think I'm my own worst critic. And then I have some very, very strong people around me who've known me for 40 years. And it's very difficult to think that a new person has a significant amount of feedback to add. They may have something that would be a fresh perspective. It's good to get a new set of eyes on things. But I'm always asking people around me at work and otherwise... Like that, too. It's not like the first person I date is going to be the first person to give me fresh outside perspective. I'm already asking for that all the time. And I look forward to someone giving me a challenge or something that I need to adjust or you know something that might be more efficient, proficient, smarter, whatever. So dating me is, is, a, is a very... Simple process. I, I like being able to spend time with someone. I'm extremely negotiable when it comes to places to eat. I have extremely high reviews and a lot of views on my pictures and things um, from where I've been to a lot of restaurants, gone to Yelp, put them on Google, whatever. And I've traveled around a fair bit. I mean, I have a, a lot of interests and a lot of them that I've never spent any time on. But If I had the right person to spend uh, the resources, the time, and, and chase those adventures with, I would certainly pursue those opportunities. But right now, I feel like I'm doing pretty good at home with that time. You know, my, my mother, recovering from surgery, she's feeling better. She got a new home here, so we can be, well, so she can be closer to me. And then together, we're kind of a good resource for each other. But my grandmother turns 90 this year. 
and my grandfather turns 95 this year. As I understand it, he is the oldest of his family to ever live uh, on this continent. So that's, that's kind of cool, right? He's still got his mental abilities. He's, he owns a couple of p- patents and different things. He's a smart guy. He's an engineer. I guess he is an engineer. I don't know if you ever get to take that away from you. Um, but I've had some friends who've had some really great adventures, and I've tried to further anything I can for them. Anthony's down in Florida. He's trying to build a, a new kind of place for him to live. He, was, he went to WWE back in December. He messages me. He says, hey, you're good with computers and this and that and the other. I took a bunch of screenshots of the WWE show that he went to because he was on camera with his son. Made sure I sent those to him. And he told me how much it meant to the bonding experience between him and his son to have not only the cool live experience, but to now have those photographs forever. It's kind of a thing for them to, to get closer. And now they have common interests, right? Now the dad and son have inside jokes and things they can chase. I would have just took him and body slammed him in the cow pasture and said, remember this, mother... You know, but that's just me. Um... Jonathan Tur- I've got a list of things in front of me that I have not gone down. I've just been rambling for an hour here. Um, I'll go back to this one. Um, buy her and bring her coffee. That is one of my coworkers constantly buys coffee for people that he's interested in. I would say it's a good strategy. It's just expensive because he buys like, you know, seven and eight dollar a cup coffees. Um, the perfect person. Yeah, I was told by someone that I had a relationship with previously that if, if if she wanted something, I should already know what she wants. The person, her her person would already know what she was thinking, what she wanted, what to do for her without asking. And I said, Randy James has had a million dollar check for a long time. He died, but the Randy James Foundation still has it for anybody who can prove that there's ever been any telepathic, psychic, or otherwise ability. Nobody knows what somebody else wants ahead of time. You can try to guess. That would be the best thing. Um, There's the perfect Saturday. I talked about that with you guys. This was a stupid joke. It says, come into your own. Yes, you tell tell a a co-worker, a friend, a confidant. You say, hey, you should work really hard and you can come into your own. And then they say, well, I don't support incest like that. So... um, Nonverbal provider. There was a person who was talking to me who said their nonverbal autistic son was just as good as everybody else. Now, as far as the census is concerned, he's one person just the same as everybody else. But as a person who has a son who probably has autism and is hyperactive, I'm just telling you, it's harder for those. What I had said was, it's harder for that person to earn a living. And it's not equal in the marketplace. It's not equal for them as a provider or a romantic partner or anything else. There's a reason that they classify each one of these conditions. It's not because it's normal and average. It's because there's different circumstances. And it does put a barrier of entry or at least a, a speed bump in the way of a lot of things. So, yes, when I am hyperactive and I think in a completely different way, whether it's Asperger's or whatever it is. And so, for me, I find it very difficult to get along with a lot of folks because I don't have that, like, Everything is valid, emotional kind of nonsense going on in my life. I'm just not going to think that way. Whatever I find to be the best way of doing things is what I do. It's not what my opinion is. If someone shows me a better way, I just take that and do it. 
automatic for the people, as, as REM said back in the day, right? A lot of people are not like that. They want to keep doing it their way, and even if it's wrong and, you know, it's their way, and that's fine, but it's wrong, and it's not the most efficient way. We've talked about this with honesty. If you believe what you know right now um, without any other information, then you believe the truth. But if you have something that is got facts that are showing what you believe is not true, what you believe is not honest, it is not true, and uh, yet you believe it anyway. And so, you number one, you don't believe the truth. i got to say that because I love Oasis, right? But you, you basically are in conflict with the facts, and so that, to me, is dishonest. There's no way around it. It's inaccurate at best. And that if I say something is inaccurate, if I tell you that something's inaccurate, I'm calling you a liar. It's my way around it. Um, how many times? Uh, oh, it says, how many times is your own number stored in your phone? It, it was somebody who was uh, all talking about themselves. And sometimes people will tell you, because I ran into this problem talking to somebody. I was having a conversation, I shared something, and they said, that's not how you really feel. I said, it's absolutely how I feel, so if you're going to speak for me, you might as well put your own number in your phone, talk to yourself, and you can dehumanize nobody, and just talk to yourself, right? But if I give you my truth, my feelings, and how I have this communication to deliver to you, these were my intentions, and as the author of my own words, I'm telling you how I feel. Now, when you tell me that's not right, you dehumanize me. You take my voice away. You've oppressed me. There's no other way around it. You're speaking for somebody else. You've taken their voice away. Don't like that. The thing at the top of this list I said I would skip over says, <laughs> and it is, it's a real thing, somebody sent me the song Flowers from Miley Cyrus. It says, I can love myself better than anybody else. I send myself flowers, whatever, whatever. Here is the problem with that. Two extremes. It's not objective. You love yourself more than everybody else. You also question yourself and hate yourself more than everybody else. It's what it means to be alone. You're your own worst enemy. And that's not a great thing. You know, it's uh it's rather rather ugly. Um, there's a, a set of consequences that comes with believing things that are not true or naively ignoring things that are obviously true. And part of it is that you, um, you're going to destroy the fabric of like any appreciation for research, for facts, for evidence, because it's a trend that you said. It's not just what you believe about any individual situation. This is a thing, and, and creatures of habit are human beings, and human beings are creatures of habit. And as you perpetrate this lie where you can just rewrite whatever you think the truth is or your feelings are more valid than the facts, etc., that it then applies to other chapters and other pieces of your life. And that's where it gets real ugly. And it's a shame because people are capable 
At least that's the way I look at it. That's why I invested money in other people and time and did all these foolish things I talked about. People are capable, at least I think it's possible, of so much more. And yet, you'll hear me say that it's statistically insignificant, that it's not probable, that it's probably never going to happen. It's, you know, against all odds, a long shot. It's, you know, better odds to play the lottery. Well... I didn't see it that way at the time. And someone asked me if I really believe these things, why am I single? I didn't always see them that way. I looked at it like what I was doing was this noble kind of injection of... Uh, Vince McMahon Vince from wrestling says he's going he's gonna to cause some trouble. He's going to inject a lethal dose of poison. Um... No, I, I was, it was an injection of cash. It was capital. It was, you know, where I was trying to flush somebody out of a hard time and into a stress-free time and into a better set of circumstances to be a partner. And in a way, it's selfish because I'm taking what I have and putting it in front of them so that I can make my life easier. It is. It's so I don't have to argue with them and so that I... Don't have to fight as hard or put up with as much nonsense. So they're more available as a partner, a couple, as a person for me. Because if they're away working two jobs and paying off interest and all this stuff that I'm not doing for them, then I get less time with them. So I'm really looking out for my own, not only their interest, but my own self-interest. And, you know, I just decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore. I, I would much rather be with somebody who's independent and then we can spend those dollars doing things that are not bringing somebody back to life but going after something new and fresh and trying a different restaurant or going on an adventure whatever it might be I sought and hoped to do those things with someone who was already in debt but it's much harder to do that when their spending habits are not sustainable. And now all you're doing is spending that money to bail out their debt because they're throwing the money right out the back door. It's difficult to do that. It's really difficult to spend quality time with someone who's always in a rush and they always got to get up tomorrow and they always got these routinely difficult things to be doing. Yes, I have a, an extremely difficult job. It's very, very physical. I, my hands right now have cuts. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. There's 13 cuts that I'm looking at between my uh, knuckles and just enough far enough down my wrist to do some damage if you were in a hot bath and you just wanted to end it all. So, yeah, my toes have all kinds of purple and blood spots and stuff because I've beat my toes up and kicked stuff and walked into things or dropped boards on them or whatever it might be. And some of that's at home and some of it's professionally and I just keep right on moving. June the 16th of 2023, which is not that many days away, will mark 25 years. It will mark a quarter century since I began working. I've never missed a day, never called out. It's who I am. At this point, I guess I never will. I'm going to see if it gets to 50, uh, but that means I'll have to work to 65. Um, I don't mind that at all. I just don't. For whatever reason, 
I want someone who is on a different level in terms of sense of humor. It would be amazing to find someone who has, you know, uh, like cultural references. When I dated someone, you know, of different age brackets, younger people are not going to get your music and movie references to Die Hard and Beethoven and whatever else. They've, They've got other things that they're interested in. I don't know who the fuck a lot of the a lot of the people that they'll mention I, I've seen their name in passing or on MS News or something right MSN News but never read the article never heard a note a, a word let alone a full song or anything about their music and and I live in you know a, a different mm, tier a different segment of life for advertising purposes i'm a different demographic so when you go dating someone who's a lot younger you are less compatible you have less things that you have in common no way around it that's how it is what's your argument that they got killed early all in your life you were 15 and they were 15 they were your best friend and they died and they got reincarnated and now they're back so you spent 40 years together no doesn't happen like that they're younger. They got different things going on. And what you've learned the hard way, and you've now made your routinely proficient, smart life, these choices in your life that make it easier. Work smarter, not harder. They're not there yet. They're still making the mistakes to learn what's smarter, not harder, if they learn. Because there's a lot of folks who just hit their head against the wall. The education system is not what it used to be. You can't trust that they're going to just learn from every mistake either. That's part of the problem. You've had the opportunity. You've learned. You've established a different set of behaviors. You've, you know, I've established equity in my own land, and I have retirement, etc. They may or may not do that. It remains to be seen. The opportunity is still out there. But nothing says they're absolutely going to do it. Could they surpass me and make $4 million a year? Statistically, not going to happen. Less probable that it could ever happen. But the possibility's out there. It's just difficult the more that I learn about this generation or see on social media or otherwise to think that you can date people who do not have similar ambitions who are not uh, advanced for their age with their budget and their career goals. I mean, there's a lot of little factors that um, I'm a detail-oriented guy. There's a lot of little factors that make it like mm, that much harder to find a person who really fits uh, the kind of criteria that I respect. Everybody's a human being. I'm glad that you're a member of the community. I hope you, you know, get some food at the grocery store and you have a good night. Does not mean that, you know, you could be the most attractive person. You know, one of these people and you, you're naturally gifted, you're blessed, you go to the gym, you ooh, look how she looks in them leggings. And, you know, you buy these shape-shifting clothes. Or maybe you just look fucking great naturally. You could look great in baggy shorts. Who cares? 
But how you make decisions and what you do with your time is extremely important to me. All of that stuff is, is kind of like the second layer. You need one, probably need layer two. Two is, is a little negotiable. One is not as negotiable. I, I'm just not in a boat where I'm just going to let um, my resources be uh, a vanity project like that. I mean, the whole podcast of my writing is all named Escaping Vanity. And yet, here I am, indulging. I did not have this in front of me. This is not written down. This is a new thought. Here I was indulging in vanity projects. So maybe my way of changing what I'm looking for, or at least being eligible and being single or whatever, is escaping vanity. It's looking for advancement, for purity, for people who are dream chasers, for people who are driven and accomplished. Take, for instance, that perfect Saturday that I was just talking about with high quality. Spend the day working, accomplishing this and that. Spending uh, dinner with my mother, some time with my father. I'd love to have somebody else, a companion, who I knew was either doing their own thing or could just came along. We cooked out on the grill or had dinner with my family. Maybe we're doing things with the other person's family. They live even a couple of hours away. You get in the car, you go see them, you have an amazing conversation on the road. Maybe I worked most of the day, so I fall asleep for 30 minutes in the car. And she don't care. She listens to her favorite songs because I sleep like a log anyway. Ooh, that sounds like quality time, right? You got up early, you did this, she's looking out for you. Yeah, and when I get out of the car, I'm still going to go open her door for her and be the amazing gentleman. I just am looking for somebody who's going to give me a little reprieve so that I can rest and be the best version of myself, especially when we show up and we spend time with her peoples, her friends, family, whatever it is. I'm going to be this, you know, amazing gentleman, witty guy and, you know, clean up the dishes and get stuff out of the oven, carry heavy stuff, do the work. I mean, it's what I do. I do the work. We do the right thing. And that's just how I live my life now. And it's difficult for me to watch as folks just, they talk and talk and they say, here's here's what I'm looking for and here's why I'm... Well, let me tell you something about digital platforms and dating applications and numbers. You run into these very difficult odds. Here is... Um, Mike, we'll we'll use the example. Michael and what did I say earlier? Emily, Avery, Beverly. Who cares? Here's the person you're talking to, and on the other side of that conversation are the other 200 to 800 people they're matched up with. They could be talking to. Here's their other possibilities. The Bush Guide: Cold and Smooth Survival Skills. Three things are required in the great outdoors: food. Drink and shelter. Hello, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. For just dollars a day, you can help helpless animals find shelter. Bush. Wrong shelter, Sarah. Also, that's a wolf. Head for the mountains. A 
at what point do they cut communication off with them to pursue it only with you? Because that's what you're asking of them. You're asking them to take away their vanity, their popularity, their other possibilities, and to be able to take those things and box them up, put them away, throw them out the back door, and concentrate on one person. If I said you have to give up Amazon and you can only shop in one place locally, could you do it? Could you give it up? You have to write in a journal. You can't put it on Facebook where there's going to be comments and all this other nonsense going on. You have to write in a journal. It's only for you. It's only for another person. Could you do it? And if the answer is no, then getting off the dating app, as people say, is a lost, lost, and dreadful, dreadfully uh, against the odds possibility. It's just not going to happen. And that's because... They're driven by the constant kind of stimulation that comes from it, the popularity that comes from it. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can be a real rock star on there. And so when things don't go so well with the guy you're talking to, you can always go back on there and talk to the other 500 people who are in the different platforms on your phone. Whether that be the the traditional things that aren't dating apps, Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and whatever, or you may have Hinge and Bumble and POF and uh, oh God, give me another one. Facebook dating, Match.com, eHarmony, Christian Mingle, Farmers Only, Goats Only, whatever. Well, you don't want to go on that one. That's a bad site, right? So it's just one of those things where people just, they're so enamored with the constant stimulation that it becomes extremely hard for anybody to... Um, really take a lot of that stuff and uh, disown it and get away from it. Give me a reason to delete this app. Well, yeah, but you're still going to have people everywhere else messaging you. You're going to have the other people that you've given your phone number to messaging you. But are you really serious about finding someone? You think that that cosmic connection is right there with somebody that, you know, at what point? What is your criteria to delete the application? That's the question. What is your criteria to be able to delete the application? You say that, right? But what would it take? A ring on your finger? Sex? An exclusive relationship? What would it take? Especially for anybody who uh, subscribed to one of these platforms where you've paid money in. Because at that point, you're looking at, okay... Well, so-and-so is going to look like a fool if they delete their application, if they delete their profile. That's what people, you know, they think about that, and they go, oh, I got a new profile. And then people they used to match up with or they were talking to can hang that over their head. It's an inside joke. It's a smart-ass way of just kind of, what happened to you, Sicily? Well, I mean, this guy... Because at the end of the day, that you're asking them to potentially embarrass or make a fool of themselves. Potentially. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but, you know, it's just one of the possibilities.
and I don't, I don't envy people who are in those situations. But I, I have found from being in those situations, and there's, there's people going to be listening to this show who are, you're one of these people. You know who you are. Yeah. I've been listening to your voice. I love your podcast. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Well, thank you. But if we're compatible, it's not compatible because you are on some, you know, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Music, Pandora, whatever. Listen to me. That's not what makes us compatible. (laughs) I've outlined in this show, you know, with meticulous detail what I think is a good fit for me. But a lot of them, they are their behaviors and accomplishments rather than what's your size, what's your measurement, do you look good in you know, a certain outfit or something. It doesn't hurt, you know, when people put these silly, attractive photographs up, but that's like having a neon sign. And you turn your head and you go, oh, look, it's a neon sign. What's it say? Oh, that's disappointing. Because it doesn't begin and end there with me. If anything, being beautiful can be like a welcome distraction, but at what cost to your time? Because there's so many of those folks who, like, you know, you can go to the gym and you can put on makeup and you can put shape-shifting clothes on and buy vibrant outfits and whatever. It's not that hard for people to look aesthetically pleasing in photographs. There's filters for that stuff. It's one of the things I got into these, what I thought were pretty simple discussions with you know my ex about was if you're in a line of work where people post photographs the reviews of your work whether you're in merchandising and products or whether you're in makeup or whatever it might be if you can go in there and manipulate the photographs with a, a program put them through filters and put them through all these other modifications what people really see in those photographs is just manipulation that's all it is And then you wonder why you can't make some lucrative living doing this stuff. It's because it's all manipulated. Anybody can go in there and be fooling with this stuff. It doesn't take a lot of of, um, people either. If there's 25 plumbers in the phone book, who's going to get all the money? People at the beginning of the alphabet? People with the lowest price? I mean, you know, convenience. Who's available? It's not always the guy with the highest ratings, and it's not always certainly the best guy who does the most um, amazing work. If that's true, it's a coincidence most of the time. We live in this world of family dollar and Dollar Tree and Dollar General and Walmart, and, you know, it's cheap world. People buy clothes off of Shine or Sheen or however you pronounce it. And that's what they do. They aren't going to some designer place where they're buying a shirt that's going to last them for 10 years. They don't care. They'll spend $7 and it'll last for four months. And then they'll get new, all new clothes. <laughs> and that excess and that consumption is what keeps it 70 degrees on February the 9th of 2023 instead of where it used to snow all the way into fucking May. Then you wonder why it's uncomfortable. Then you wonder why the climate's the way it is. And you wonder why the economy's the way it is. People don't have discipline. They don't look at it like that. 
And it's like that with dating. They'd rather go on 10 dates with people and sort out all these things than to go on five dates and try to chase something that they think is interesting, but it's a lot of hard work. I think that's part of the problem that I've run into in the past is that I'm willing to jump into a situation and then fight against the odds to try to show that I can make it work. And I decided not to do that anymore. And it's one of the best decisions I ever made. I'm very happy either being single. I've, I've had a handful of people try to you know have lengthy conversations or go out. That's great. I'm hoping there's some strong possibilities out there. But I did a lot of reflecting on what it would take to be able to to enjoy myself and and feel good about pursuing anything. And you have to lay all of the different little chapters and little breakdowns out on the table and say, well, there's okay, there's time and there's money and there's... What are you looking for? You're looking for somebody who's got this in terms of looks or their location is like this so you don't have to travel. Is it like this for their job or is this for their how much money they make? You know, there's a lot of, you know, oh, I don't want somebody who's all tattooed up. I don't have to, you know, put up with all the bullshit when people start talking shit about them. I get that. Some people embrace that. They're, oh, you're weird. You're my kind of weird. It's like old veterans sitting around a table smashing beers and talking about their scars. You went through that and you got a scar. Here's my scar. Mmm, we're scar brothers. That's all that is. All that body modification, all that tattoo stuff. You can look at it as a form of expression, but it's really just a way of saying you're weird and I'm weird and we'll be weird together. I don't dismiss people who have uh, ink and artwork and whatever else. It's the extremities from that that what I would look at as being incompatible with me. They disqualify you from being someone I'm interested in. It's that oh, I got to tell the story of how I'm irrational and I fear people and I'm, I agonize and I have anxiety and I have fear and because I was abused. This is self-expression to the extent that I can't really enjoy... Um, life without some pain every now and then, right? We've got to balance it out. We've got to get rid of the demons. And I get that, right? Everybody's not the same. There's people with tattoos like that. Very few of them left in the world, but, you know, they got them whenever they were in concentration camps. Those involuntary tattoos. But I, I look at what I would be excited about in a partner and it, it is it's knowing that somebody has passion projects they have kids they're proud of they don't look at what they have in in the world at large and saying yep everybody's equal if that's true then just date homeless people Well, you know, and then they start breaking it down, and I go, "Well, you're now you're being a hypocrite. You spoke to something in a very umbrella broad kind of sense, and now you're refining it back down to what you what I was saying to begin with. But you said it in order to counterbalance the conversation, right? You said something that you thought was going to 
threw off what I thought. Michael said A, so you said B, and now we're playing this kind of seesaw in the conversation. I'm not interested in that. I'm just not. Because inevitably those folks end up being hypocrites. They end up being inaccurate at the very least. And to me, that's not truthful. Whether you know it's not truthful and you're just saying it as a smartass and you figure it out as you go along, or whether you know it's not truthful in the beginning and you just willfully ignore that we're not all equal. At, you know, there are people who are better candidates than others. And that's all I'm looking for. I may have written that first dating application. I've got a second one that's underway. It's working. It's not posted yet. But it does intend to pull the weeds out of the garden to let whomever, uh, let those crops flourish and be bountiful and nutritious. And hopefully if I, you know, run across the right circumstances, great. There's people I've, I've dated before that I thought, you know, I'm going to have kids with this person and this and that and the other, and they'll be good looking. And My genetics, that's a very selfish, pompous thing to say. My genetics are so good, even if this person didn't graduate high school, our kids will be okay. I'll personally tutor them. It'll make up for all of the genetic problems that they'll have. But that's the reality of it. I just want to be happy with how I spend my time. And if it means with somebody, great. If it means I'm not with somebody, it's all right, too. I'm a man of principles rather than a man of convenience. And there's certain things I've done over the course of time to sort of just prove myself or to, um, you know, have like a, a series of adventures. But... I retired from that a long time ago, and probably from dating a long time ago. But in the rare occurrence that even upon my later years of being 40 and reflecting and saying, oh, you know what, what if? People talk about what if Michael Jordan came back and played. Well, What if there were a person who fit these set of circumstances, criteria, et cetera, et cetera? Would I be interested? John? Bree, any idea why we are in a fridge? Well, I'm Bree. Yeah, I'm John. I know, but you're John who? John Ham. So we're Bree and? Bree and Ham. Ham and Bree, I get it. And Hellman's. We're dinner. Well, with Hellman's, all these leftovers can be anything. Is that Pete Davidson? Uh-huh. He really is everywhere. I'm gonna eat you guys. You guys are really delicious. That's, that's weird. Hellman's brings leftovers to life. It would be foolish to ignore that quality of experience and time. So I'll say it like that. If it's just going to be a a repeat of other circumstances, if it's less than favorable, if it doesn't fit the kind of things I've talked about in this show, no, nah, I'm not interested. I'm not you know. But Michael, I'm good looking, and I can do this and that, and I can rock your world, baby. Uh, oh, good for you. I'm glad you have that confidence in yourself. I wish you had caught me sooner when I was available, but I'm not. I'm not available for shenanigans. I'm looking for this quality and this level of um, 
respect and admiration. If you're not, that's fine. You just need to determine what your own qualifications are. I've said that about the dating application. Come up with your own set of questions, what you want to know, what you think is best for your green flags. What do you prefer? What do you get turned on by? What stimulates you mentally, physically, sexually, whatever? But know what turns you off, and those are your red flags. So those disqualify people, and you should, you know, not continue to just run yourself into the ground with those situations. Here's somebody who's just constantly destroying your peace or your um, sense of what you're trying to get out of a relationship. Are you that unhappy with your time that you spend alone? Right? Why aren't you just being alone instead of putting up with that nonsense? But so many people, they get into financial or otherwise arrangements where they just, they're obligated. It's easier to stay and be uncomfortable than it is to do the hard work and leave or have the fight and leave. They don't want to have the fight. Well, I'm not that guy. I've always been the person who is willing <laughs> to have the fight. And people who have dated me will be the first ones to speak of it. Yeah, that's absolutely. Now, I don't raise my voice. I don't get ugly. But I make very interesting and very accurate points. And that's how I see things. I've certainly been told that I'm not compatible with certain people. They tell me, you know, oh, this ain't a good fit. Okay. That's why it's a two-way street. The The ultimate question is, are you still willing to gamble? Are you still willing to... Hmm. I've never turned off my peripheral vision. I've never stopped being objective and refining what I think about things. Whether I'm active or not, I have ideas about wrestling, about writing, about whatever. Just because you don't see a new piece on my website doesn't mean I haven't either been outlining or actually writing, maybe even finishing uh, new material, fresh things that help tell the story of where I'm at in my life at this point. A lot of what's written previously and things that are recorded in previous episodes are this evolving series of thoughts, and they change sometimes. Philosophy changes sometimes. And I'm, it's one of the things that's complex about keeping a relationship. And someone asked me about, you know, why am I single? That was one of the answers that I've given people, is because I grow and think and evolve. I, my aptitude takes on new things at a pretty rapid pace whether it's handyman stuff, whatever it might be. I'm trying to be busy, but I'm trying to you know, master more and more things. And yet, I find that it's extremely hard to respect and to um, be stimulated by a partner who's standing still or who's moving in a slower pace because it's only a matter of time before we grow too far apart, before I'm that 
way distant point that you can't see over the horizon. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a partner who I'm looking at that way? Oh my God, I can't keep up with him. I'm competitive, but this motherfucker is just... It'd be nice, but I haven't run into that yet. It's not because that person doesn't exist. It might be that I'm looking in the wrong place, or I've just never chosen to um, initiate those kinds of uh, situations. But as I said earlier, you know, as women become more and more accomplished, they're going to leave the guys behind. You're not going to respect the guys as much. It's not going to stimulate you. It's not going to turn you on. You're going to treat them as second-class citizens. And it's already happening all around you. It probably happened to you if you're listening. So, I feel the same way in my shoes. I'm not just looking for somebody pretty or something, somebody convenient, somebody who's, you know, can you move your hips like this? All right, we're going to get along real good, little lady. I did I haven't fantasized about anybody in a, in a good little bit. And that's got a lot to do with not having... Respect is a, is a good word for that, but like not having this intuition or vision that here is a person and here... Oh, man, wouldn't they be something? Won't they be something in the next 18 months or three or five years? But that's the complexity that I talked about in the early part of this episode. It's... Okay, if you have a person like that, it's the what's the discipline? Do you sit back and let them struggle and, and they prove they're independent? And all right, now they're ready to come to the table and they've balanced their budget. They've made all the right decisions. They've done the hard work. Or if you bail them out and you are the partner and now you're going to let them live together and you're going to pay off their debt and you're going to do these things that are going to boost them up. Does it pollute is not a bad word, but does it compromise the chemistry, what I respect out of them and what they're able to do for themselves? And I don't see any way around giving the answer yes. I think it has to be a yes. It compromises the situation. So, I... I'm somewhat torn about where to take that because I like being a provider and I like being something who someone who brings that security and, and does things for other people to the table. Like my partner, you know, I just want to like, hey, here's something. You know, what's dating me really like? Yeah, I write a lot of notes. I might tape something to the... Um, the range hood, the vent above your stove and, and leave it and say, hey... You know, I'm getting up early, I'm going to work, but I'm thinking about you, and here's some really fancy words, and here's me turning a phrase and, and being the writer, and um, it's going to melt the panties that you may or may not be wearing uh, first thing in the morning. That happens. Um, yeah, I'll come home from a long day at work, still watch a TV show for three hours, and Cook your dinner, clean up the kitchen, rub your feet, put you to bed. Hopefully, uh, you've been reciprocal in some way, at least listening to me or being affectionate or rubbing my back or something. You've at least checked on me um, so that it's not one-sided. 
yes, uh, a lot of what I've written in my stories is absolutely true. Do I sneak away when we're out shopping somewhere? Hey, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. Um, I'll be right back. Where are you going to be at? Okay. So I sneak away, grab an item that you just fell in love with but wouldn't buy. I buy it, check it out of the register, go take it, put it in the trunk, hide it in the car. And now I have it. And you may find it when you get home in your bag. You may find it the next morning. You may find it for a gift one day. It's just how I am. May not buy the thing. I may just take a photograph of it, order it online, keep tabs on it, run back the next day, something. Yeah, you may leave the house pissed off one morning about work, life, bad circumstances because of me or because of something else. And you may find that in your email on the way to work is a $10 gift card to Starbucks. And you're like, oh my God. I don't know. It's pretty simple to me. (laughs) True or false? Is there a collection of wine, bourbon, whiskey, and other bottles in a couple of cabinets in my kitchen? Absolutely there are. Why? It ain't to fill them up with water. It's because if you write a message in a bottle... In order to have the message and the bottle, you need the bottle. The way that you do it is you wrap the, the letter really tight. You use your finger, put it in the end, twist it up to where it's really small. Tape it. I use scotch tape, but you can use a rubber band. It's harder with a rubber band. You drop it in the bottle and cork it, put the cap on, whatever. And now, if your significant other comes home and you're running a bath for them, you can leave a message in a bottle. You can leave a message in a bottle in a car seat under a pillow somewhere else laying around the house for them to find. It's not that complicated. You put tape on it because if you just put the letter in the bottle, it'll open up and then you'll have to break the bottle to get it out. So you want to drop the the message in the bottle secured in some way. You want to tighten it up real tight, put scotch tape or something around it and... um, then it'll when you turn the bottle upside down to come back out. But if you don't tape it, it will open up, and then you got to break the bottle. There's probably some other methods, but I've, that's the only one that I've ever used. And yes, if you run her a bubble bath, you can run it high enough so that you can have a bottle floating in there, and she'll never know. You could leave it in the shower while it's all steamed up and whatever, and you started it early for. Her. There's a lot of options. find out what her favorite candies are and put a bag of them in her purse before she goes to work the next day. Ooh, how complicated is that? It's a few dollars. People don't think that way. I don't know why. Oh, you really like your back rub? Well, um, well, if you like that back rub, let's, you know, maybe look into getting some lotion, baby oil, some other kind of massage oil and it's cheap. I mean, you can get a probably a special machine, but if you'll just heat up a cup of water uh, or a measuring cup of water, especially like a big four-cup measuring cup in the microwave full of water for, you know, three and a half, four minutes, um, just to the bottom, like one cup, two cup mark, you can drop the massage oil in that and leave it so that it stays hot and it stays uh, more malleable, more fluid. 
Um, and then you're rubbing their body down with hot massage oil. <sighs> it is what it is. What do you want to know? You want to know how to hang pictures? You want to know how I'm going to modify my back deck? How I'm going to grow something in the garden? The, the different intricacies of stuff around the house? I mean, it's not that... To me, it's not that complicated, but I've had 40 years to learn a lot of this stuff. My job when I was younger, I mean, was to go pick up bad lumber and hand stuff up to the roof and pick up trash and stuff like that. Uh, I went to the job site with my dad when I was very young, and I took a baseball and a glove, and I'd go throw it off, I threw a tennis ball, I'm sorry, and a glove, and I'd go throw it off a wall and bounce it back to myself. And I was a good outfielder. I'd throw the ball, and I'd run and catch it, and, you know. And, and then Dad taught me, like, how a batter stands, his stance is going to, he's going to hit the ball this way or that way, but, you know, here's what his range of motion is. So, yeah, I was a good outfielder because I knew what his statistically where he was going to hit the ball or how far it could go, and uh, then I could track it down. And same with batting and pitching. I mean, I batted and, and, and hit a very, very high percentage when I was younger. I've always enjoyed a batting cage, um, shooting basketball, all kinds of stuff like that. Those are great dates, but I've never found anybody who's athletic or who likes those activities to be able to do those. And yet, as much as I have all these romantic things and, you know, would love to just keep a, you know, a case, like 10 packs uh, off of Amazon's where you go grab it, you go grab it. My mom loves sugar daddies. I'll buy her a case. Tootsie Rolls, buy her a case. You know, my dad loves Snickers, buy him a case. Give it to them. Then they got the whole case. As much as I'd love to have somebody to do that for, I've not met anybody who um, I can be all in about. And I don't know how to go slow. I'm a spontaneous and, and very, very dynamically, uh, rapidly dynamic guy. Like, you know, oh, we're hitting it off? Well, let's spend more time together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We've only been on, you know, three dates, Michael. Well, I'm not trying to marry you after three dates, but I might want you to be more flexible and be available because we're having quality time together. And this is feeling as good as my other projects, so I'm choosing you. As your relationship gets stronger, you have less time as an individual. That's okay. But I, I find that a lot of people are not willing to, to divest in the, uh, or at least that's my guess, is they're not willing to divest and delete dating apps and, and be exclusive with anybody. And that's that's a shame. Because if I'm such a charming guy and you like me, then turn everybody else off and see how this goes. But if you talk to 15 guys throughout the day and you have a smile at the end of the day and then you go out with Bob and you kiss Bob, does Bob get credit for the group project for all the 15 guys that talked to you before that? Why? How do you differentiate between those things? You got to take chances. You got to take gambles. The only other way around it is to be non-monogamous or be dishonest, and I don't like either one of those outcomes. I don't like either one of those circumstances. So it's one of the reasons that I remain and have been single, because it just doesn't feel like folks have the same level of sacrifice, dedication. You know, they're not trying to achieve the same goals, and I understand that. I don't like it, but I understand that. Anyway, I'll expand on this a little bit more uh, whenever I am ready to record again. I just, I had a lot of other things that I thought about talking about. There was this whole uh, 
vehicular disguise thing that I have drummed up about how people in different kinds of vehicles do this and that with their personality and what it means and in the long run, et cetera, et cetera. But it's now 11 o'clock on my day off. So, uh, and I work at like, I think tomorrow afternoon. So I've got like 36 hours that I can spend um, between yesterday and, and, and the next time I work. So here's some things I'm thinking about buying. Chairs for the back deck. Build a fire pit. I'll have to modify my deck to build a fire pit. So I'm going to go stare out the window for a little while and think about that. Uh, check about re-leathering some wrestling belts. Ooh, might do that. Might do that. I got one more phone call to make about a piece of, of automotive equipment. Um, oh, and my water bill's here. I'll pay the city. But I'm looking forward to seeing if anybody has feedback about any of these things. If you have my email, email me. If you got my number, you can talk to me. If not, I'm not that hard to find. Um, but I appreciate people who listen and, and want to contribute, um, want to have a conversation. You can send anything that's, you know, question, comment, concern to my if it, I think I've announced it a couple of times. My email is pretty simple. The name of the podcast is Michael L. Craver Presents. <gasps> so you can send an email to you just reverse it. Craver, Michael L. at gmail.com. And that's where I get all my business, fan mail, whatever else. So um, anyway, I hope you're having uh, uh, an amazing Beginning of the year, it's five days to Valentine's. So those of you who are pursuing someone, hopefully you're chasing somebody down and and making plans or have something in mind. I've look, I have a whole team of guys that work underneath me, and I have encouraged each and every one of them for the last fifteen days to go ahead and make Valentine's reservations, plans, get on the call ahead, do something. Some of them have. So anyway, I try to be a good leader at home and at work by setting the example that the better home life makes a better work life. So I'm trying to I'm trying to further my cause by making their significant others happy. Uh, in the meantime, I've got some Jordan Peterson, some stuff I'm going to listen to today. I've got some new Liam Gallagher. I've never listened to his 2022 album, so that's going to get played in the background while I'm brainstorming about the deck and so forth. But... Uh, Thank you guys for listening to me. I always appreciate your time. Hopefully some of this stuff is uh, significantly uh, significant to you and it made a difference. Maybe, you know, gave you some ideas. Maybe you're going to course correct or maybe now you just disagree with me even more. But uh, I appreciate your time and I hope that you have an amazing week, weekend, Valentine's, and I'll catch you on the other side. Crazy, you. Yeah.